This episode of Energy Sense is brought to you by IHS Markets Financial and Capital Markets Energy Advisory Group. Our team of experts provides the investment community with actionable insight and integrated thought leadership that identify the trends and trend makers of global energy markets. Solutions cover the full energy and natural resources sector, from traditional fossil fuels to emerging clean tech ideas and supply chains, and are available via recurring reports, webinars, robust data sets, and personal engagements with experts. All right, welcome back to Energy Sense, a podcast from IHS Market that focuses on topics that lie on the intersection of finance and energy industries. I am Hill Vaden, as always, with Brian Doherty. Brian, how are you? I'm good, Hill. How are you? It's our last podcast of 2020. It is our last podcast of 2020, which hopefully, I don't know if we're going to run it the last week of 2020 or the first week of 2021, uh, which I guess is remaining to be seen. Uh, yeah, we'll have to this, take that uh, offline and, and, and we'll, we'll talk to our guest today as to what she thinks about what we should do about that, actually, because we have our producer, Jessica Nelson, on with us today, actually. So uh, she's going to give us a little bit of behind the scenes insight and uh, she might have a, a stronger opinion than either of us, actually, on <laughs> we should push it out next week or or the first week of January. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. It'll, it'll be interesting to be in front of the microphone this time. <laughs> Yeah, of just listening to our our nonsense um, and, trying, and trying to make sure that the sound and everything turns out nicely for when we publish it. <laughs> I have learned a lot of interesting facts about you guys and what you like in your TV shows selections and <laughs> <laughs> over the years. So it has been uh, fun to um, to listen to your fun facts. <laughs> I heard from somebody today that they will forever picture me in meggings and slippers uh, as a result of the, the last podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a that um, anybody should have. I think you should be sad about that, Hill. Uh, that's, that should be upsetting news. We also, do you know what we also heard, Jessica, is that one of our listeners reached out and said that they were glad that they were, they thought ahead because they turned our podcast on in the car and sure enough, their child was in the car and we would have spoiled Christmas with our Elf on the Shelf discussion. But they knew to fast forward through the first little bit because they were scared what we might talk about because it was around the holiday season. So we, we almost oh. almost spoiled, um, you know, the, the magic of the season for a child as well. So that's always good oh to Oh, my gosh. Dodged a bullet. Well, and, and so and maybe that's a, a good. So, so the topic, I, I guess, where, where Bree and I wanted to, to kind of focus conversation today um, we've been kind of racking our brains for the past, uh, you know, few days or you know, a week or so to, to come up with an end of year podcast idea, and ended up, you know, just looking at, you know, a, a year in review, what um, one on the podcast, and then really looking forward to 2021 on some of the topics that, that we are most curious about to bring back up next year or to learn more about last next year after hearing some things this year and in thinking about demog- so I, I was concerned about the elf on the shelf conversation when we had it. And I looked at our demographic data and I saw that it was all 25 to 45 thinking, well, we're pretty safe. <laughs> so, and I think that was one of the more interesting learnings from us. So, so, so I guess our, our goals really at the beginning of the year, Jessica, um, were, were to you know, obviously cover topics uh, on the intersection of finance and energy. We, we wanted to raise the profiles of you know, uh, the experts within IHS and showcase their personalities and advertise what, what we find to be, you know, a, a very curious uh, and interesting corporate culture um, and, and our kind of target demographic. 
has been that, uh, you know, pr professional uh, person in the 25 to, to, to 45 um, age group. And is that what we're seeing on the, the demographics? Is that our listener? Yeah, I mean, from uh, let me preface this by saying that these podcast platforms are very good <laughs> at maintaining privacy. So, <laughs> yes. so, so we can only get a little bit of information from each of them, and then try to stitch this together into something meaningful. From from my background's marketing, um, in addition to my duties here on on the podcast. But so, looking at it from that perspective, yeah, this is a younger age group than we typically would associate with traditional oil and gas um, or energy, how we would always have thought about energy, you know, over the last 10 years, right? Um, and so we're able to get some of that information just on what's the age group, what else are they listening to? I think Hill, yeah. Hill was shocked when he saw that one too. Um, and what does this say about energy as a whole, right? Um, where is it going? And, and and I think probably as you guys, as we get into the podcast, you'll talk a little bit more about those topics and and where it's going, and is this kind of an indication of um, as the indus industry as a whole? Yeah, and, and so when we're looking at the information, we don't know, for example, if your name is Benjamin and you live in New York and you like listening to Drake, but we know in big buckets that you're within a, a larger geographic framework and a larger age group framework, and at least with you know one of the platforms that we work with. What other uh, podcasts that, that you listen to, right? So, so it sounds like we've got a pretty broad geographic reach. Yep, over twenty-five countries, listeners in over twenty-five countries. So that's good, right? We know that this industry is global, and and where you guys have focused in some of the things you're talking about, it has implications and ripple effects across um, across the globe. So very happy to see that, and maybe a little surprised, right? <laughs> to see where yeah. we got listeners shocked by that stat. That was the one that I found really interesting. I mean. I, I just wouldn't have expected it. I'm, dare I say, flattered <laughs> to, to hear that, I, I, you know, because it, I think it, it points to one of our, our big efforts as well, Hale, right, is that we this year we really want to make sure that we show the diversity of the energy conversation that, you know, sometimes I think people think that energy conversation, you know, is very specific to certain regions or, you know, very specific types of commodities. But I, I think we really try to show the diversity. And hopefully that's why a statistic like that is showing up in the data. Well, and the COVID effect, right? Everything's, it feels like markets and things are changing so quickly. You guys are able to address a lot of those topics with people, no matter where they're at here on the podcast. Yeah. And I think we tried to do, I mean, on we challenged ourselves to, you know, pick a variety of experts from a variety of geographies on a variety of topics. And when I was looking at the information today, if we look back over the prior 20 episodes, 10 out of 20 were North America focused. Um, obviously, Brian and I have a, a bit of a bias to, to think about North America because that's where we sit. But, but I think we did a pretty good job spreading that out. And, and while you know that there's been a focus historically on some upstream topics, only about four of 20 topics were upstream. That, that we did a lot more on the climate and sustainability topics. Right, and those was, were you know, some of your most popular podcasts too, right? From a statistics perspective, any of the the China carbon neutral pledge that they had. That's one of your top topics. Um, hydrogen, very popular podcast, <laughs> right? And uh, your climate scenarios one from earlier this year. Yeah, that was a two-parter, I think, but very interesting insights coming out of these that um, I think that's an important indicator that that's where the interest at. I, I just want to be clear. We didn't, we didn't pay Jessica extra to say nice things for us today. <laughs> 
These are complete objective views that she's presenting. And this is, you know, this is data. This is what we live in. This is data and analytics for you. So yes. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're, we're pretty happy that they're, that they're reflecting, I think, what our efforts were, which is, which is always nice to see, right? It would have been disappointing to, to maybe see some different data come out, um, given what True. we were trying to accomplish. Well, I will say from a marketing perspective, a lot of podcasts fail, right? <laughs> like, like most people don't make it past the first five to 10 episodes. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, let's do it. It's the hot thing. You know, most people are now listening. COVID, maybe more people are listening at their homes and um, looking for other media, but a lot of them don't make it as far as you did. So kudos <laughs> to you. I, I think the credit really goes our guests, right? We do have a really large, deep pool of guests to turn to. So I think that we do see a lot of our upfront time for our listeners out there is actually trying to figure out who the right guests are to bring on, who can speak to the topic, provide the expertise, but do it in a way that's also going to be really approachable for the listener, as opposed to you know being something that that is more difficult for a listener to listen to. So, you know that that's a that's a shout out to the depth and, and breadth of our IHS experts for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think we did have some close encounters with failure <laughs> on more than one podcast where <laughs> sound cut cut off and, and there was at least one podcast where I got, you know, my Wi-Fi dropped in the middle of the podcast and I came back. Um, and, and I wonder if people could tell that I had no idea what was talked about for 10 minutes in between. <laughs> the, yeah, he'll disappear. The thing that we did learn is that Microsoft Teams continues recording even when the person who pressed record disappears. So that was a, a learning for us, which was great to know um, yeah. for all future for all of the for all users of Microsoft Teams out there. That um, that's a little tidbit of information for you. That don't worry, it keeps and recording. We, I think the other one was Brian's universal sign of, oh my God, I can't come off mute. You're going to have to go without me on this. <laughs> as she waved her arms as some sort of disruption came into her room. Uh, a, a plumber walked into my apartment. And I was putting on my I was putting on my mask because I didn't realize the plumber was going to be arriving. So I'm putting on my mask because in COVID protocols, right? Everybody's got to be masked if there's somebody that comes in. I wanted to make sure the plumber felt safe. And I was waving my arms frantically to Hill, saying, "Like, don't expect me to say anything until further notice." Um, so yeah, we've had we've had some excitement. And then even today, actually, for those obviously you guys can't see it, but in the midst of all this, I had to run and grab a crying child. <laughs> who is now sitting on my lap, um, chewing on my pants. So there's there's, there's always something going yes. on in the background. Uh, the listener doesn't necessarily see all the antics. The, the one thing I think that was, um, we'll put this out there, unfortunately, it's going to be a bit of a tease to everybody, but there is actually one podcast that we did record. Jessica did edit and produce and, and get it all ready to go out. And then we scrapped it because we felt that maybe um, we said too much. It wasn't ready for prime time. It, it wasn't ready for <laughs> prime time. That's a that's a good way of putting it, Hill. And so that one. But the good thing is, we actually got a deliverable out of it in in making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, Hill, tell them tell them what came out of that podcast actually in the end. Well, that was the loose change. So 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 the uh, the little sound bites because we couldn't uh, go with the full podcast. We went with the sound bites, which Jessica uh, is the producer of all that too. So so Jessica. Uh, it continues to make us look good even when we fail. That's right. Actually, and I think that loose change has been a good little byproduct because um, they're 
one minute snippets and it's sometimes some of them are our most interesting excerpts from from the podcast that we do record and things sometimes that if if the podcast runs a little long or something that don't necessarily make it in so just to be clear what is listened to is generally you know just one stream of consciousness from us it's it's not that we cut and paste but sometimes a podcast runs a little long or in this case it was a podcast that that we didn't feel comfortable posting and so it's what gave us some loose change bits and, and those are always valuable as well so i think that was that was something that was unexpected for us this year yeah, and I'll add, if you haven't caught our loose change bits, you can find those <laughs> on our social media channels. So uh, for any listeners that are not sure what that means, that's where you'll find this. There's our plug. <laughs> our, our, our corporate plugs are our advertising plugs. Also sponsored by Mothers. <laughs> right. Juanica, the first name of bread. <laughs> All right, well, so, so I, I'm feeling a bit like uh, – Kramer's coffee table book about coffee tables that converted into a coffee table as, as we talk about podcasts in, in a podcast. The other thing that, that we wanted to, to, to discuss um, at, at the urging from, from some of our colleagues and former guests was really what we what we're interested in in 2021 in terms of the topics that we covered. Uh, and Brian and I um, were, were trading communication this morning where we came up with our own lists of the top three things to, that, that we were most curious about in 2021. And we wouldn't show it each, to each other, but before we uh, read them aloud, as not to bias us. And, and not surprisingly, there was, uh, what, 75% overlap uh, or so on, on the two lists? Yeah, really, they could all be put under three headings. So I think they, yeah. they fit in quite nicely, which either is because we spent so much time together, Hill. That's, that's one thing. It's possible. <laughs> That could be that could be telling us. The topics could be super interesting. Um, it also points to the fact that we are, in fact, as nerdy as we sound because of <laughs> what we were talking about this morning. I'm sure other people have better things to do. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think the takeaway though, and actually, uh, Jessica really hit on it a little bit earlier, was that let's be honest, 2021, a, a big theme that we're going to be watching for is well, what happens next? 2020 was definitely a year of announcements with respect to net zero targets. We, we saw corporates, you know, all the companies making them. We saw obviously governments making them. And I think something that we're both really excited in 2021 and um, we're privileged that we're going to have a bunch of ask, uh, access to experts within IHS to, to continue to follow this is, so what's next? 2021, does it become the year of implementation or action on on some of these targets? Because it's one thing to, to put out a target. It's another thing to start putting in a game plan to achieve it. Yeah, no, I think that's that. The, the, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and, and optimism around a lot of these announcements. Um, in, in the grand scheme of things, press releases are, are relatively easy. I think the action is that much harder, and a 2050 target is 30 years away. And I, I don't think all of the announcements are 2050. But the point being that a lot of the leaders making these announcements are, are not going to be around in 2050. So this is a whole corporate culture that I think we're going to see changing and, and you know, ho hopefully that starts to convert from message to action in, in 2021. And, and there's a lot of things. The other thing, you know, I think is part of that is, you know, that these, these announcements have come from governments, from corporations, from individuals. And, you know, obviously 2021, we particularly interested in the U S with a new executive uh, in, in Washington, mm -hmm. which I think, you know, could, could have potential, you know, implications around hydrogen, which was one more, uh, I guess, more recent podcasts that we've done. 
Yeah, because I, I think that one thing that made we've made clear in the podcast and, and through a lot of the IHS research is that policy is necessary from a hydrogen perspective, you know, to really accelerate how hydrogen might be a part of the energy mix going forward, that, you know, it's a general view that policy is going to have to be a part of that. Policy is obviously happening in Europe around hydrogen, but it'll be interesting to see uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm. And I think that I think Jessica did say Hydrogen was actually one of our more popular podcasts. And we know that a webinar that we host on the FCM team was an oversubscribed webinar as well that we had a couple of weeks with our expert, Catherine Robinson, uh, around hydrogen. So I think it's a topic that is extremely hot right now. And everybody's looking at it from an investing, from investment standpoint and from a technological standpoint. But the question is, you know, does it, does it start gaining real traction in 2021? Because right now, at least from a U.S. perspective, it's very much talked about, but nobody's quite sure exactly how that's going to look. So I think all that is going to be very much a play in 2021. The other thing that we talked, we've talked a lot about actually in the last few weeks that I think is going to be interesting is it's all about perspective and relative, right? So 2020 is going to be an interesting year because everything compared to 2020, if you put 2020 as a baseline, it's going to be interesting dynamics because of the disruption that happened within 2020, right? So, so naturally, data is going is 2020 going to be a blip, right? In in mm-hmm. certain data, um, but if you do everything relative to 2020, uh, you know, obviously, Hill and I are researchers at heart, so so this is how we always think of things: is is you're you're setting a different baseline. So, how these numbers and performance and and different efforts are going to look in the near term? Well, if 2020 is your baseline, in some respects, it might be a lowering of your baseline, which makes improvement easier to see or easier to show. But in other respects, from a green standpoint, 2020 was a technically a greener year because emissions would have been down for various reasons. And so 2021, you know, from a from a perspective standpoint, might might not look like there's progress being made because of of this shifted baseline that's very unique to 2020. So I think there's a lot to watch in 2021 from a data point perspective, but also from a policy and general guidance perspective from corporates, governments, everyone. Yeah, and I think the, uh, one of the big ones here is also leadership, um, not in terms of, of humans, but in terms of institutions in, in corporate or, or government, um, that, that some of the, the, the most interesting announcements have come from some of the largest players, whether that be energy companies or financial companies or countries themselves. And you know, we, we've heard discussed before, and you and I have talked often about corporate fatigue um, and it's one thing to step up and lead, you know, around of an idea, but to execute and can one maintain focus either at the country level or the corporate level to deliver on some of this and, you know, keep that corporate fatigue at bay. Because a lot of these companies, either there's a cliche that it's hard for a tiger to change its stripes. And there's a lot of these companies right now who are tigers trying to change their stripes. But uh, do you know what? And this actually brings us probably to our next topic that we're going to be watching really closely because it's a very similar conversation for the U.S. onshore, right? U.S. onshore, all we've been talking about this year is that this reset and the volatility, the downside volatility that was seen in oil prices in particular has prompted consolidation and actually a shift in business model for the U.S. onshore. So we're going to see whether or not actually that is what happens. That has been something that's been much talked about. And the expectation is, is that they're going to go to a much more sustainable business model, which is lower growth, higher returns, because uh, that's what's being asked of them of the street. That's also naturally what's going to be, you know, keep you a little safer for any sort of oil price volatility that's ahead, uh, particular downside oil price volatility. So, but it remains to be seen whether or not that's something that actually happens, because as you said, the tiger and stripes metaphor there, U.S. onshore is just known for growth. That's always been the priority, growth at all costs, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, Jessica, when, when you and I uh, were, were working on Upstream Perspective uh, a couple years ago, you know, that, that was a lot of our theme What was on these North America uh, shale producers uh, focused on growth. And, and um, you know, a lot of that uh, has changed. You know, as recently yesterday, there was another deal uh, with, I guess it was yesterday, maybe the day before, Diamondback getting larger in the Permian. And so we are seeing a consolidation and the executive teams who have been asked to be more prudent have shown that prudency. But there's a, you know, there's a lot that can potentially change. Next year, prices, uh, oil prices, you know, if people learn to operate within the, uh, a new price environment. Yeah, I think that the U.S. onshore and whether investors come back is a big one to watch. And, uh, you know, I think Michael Stoppard was on the podcast several times uh, this year. European gas, I think, is the the, the other interesting piece here but between uh, some of the attention on Nord Stream 2, um, the, the, the maturation of LNG and the optionality that, that comes for, for European markets with LNG and natural gas's role in a low carbon future, which, you know, European Europe seems to be setting the agenda for a lot of that. Absolutely. I think I think as we look through 2021, Europe is going to be a very dynamic space to watch, particularly, as you said, from a, from a gas perspective. So interestingly, you know, the change in administration, there has been some U.S. administration policy that's been in place that has been impacting Nord Stream 2 pipeline development, whether or not that I think there's actually some news out there right now, but whether or not that is shifting and then uh, whether or not there's going to be further change in that through 2021, something to watch as well. And as you said, the interesting thing with Europe, and when we mentioned about policy for hydrogen here in the United States, Europe has really gone forth with a policy with policy initiatives around hydrogen, the EU and individual countries as well. So there is a big push for hydrogen to become part of the energy mix. And I think that's going to be is sort of something really to watch in 2021, because now that the policies are in place, sort of how those investments start happening and, and what that looks like, particularly for the utilities and, and things to that effect. So we are going to be watching that really, really closely because it does set a bit of an example, I think, for ways that could develop globally. And, uh, you know, just from a general gas perspective, I think what's also interesting is that Europe is going to 2021 is going to look very similar to 2020, in our opinion, from an oversupply perspective. So Europe is going to be facing some of the same balancing dynamics as they did in 2020. So there's going to be a big story from a gas perspective, I think, through Europe. Yeah, I think so. And so so maybe those are kind of the, a good place for, for us to kind of sign off. And I think the other thing that was a surprise to, to me, Jessica, is when we looked at some of the usage data uh, or listening data, that our initial popularity with, with those who listen to The weekend and uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers has kind of waned as we moved into the Aragona, Ariana Grande and Drake community. Um, yeah, very, very hip uh, set of listeners that we have here. Or because, you know, I mean, I think you dropped the weekend's name a couple of times on previous podcasts because <laughs> Rianne saw That him, is so. true. I, I had an almost sighting. I had a sighting of his car and of his fan base screaming hysterically outside of his hotel. So either a very hip listener group or everyone was then Googling or Spotify searching for the weekend to see who he was. Uh, I don't know which one. <laughs> Maybe both. Do you think that people who are just randomly Googling the weekend are getting our podcast? No, but if you were searching on uh, Spotify, right? After you listened, you may have been like, who's the weekend, right? Um, so yeah, very interesting. Taylor Swift has been steadily one of the people that's also listened to. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're popular with the Taylor Swift, Kanye, 
Ariana, The Weeknd, Drake. What a diverse group of <laughs> artists there. <laughs> well, maybe that speaks uh, more to their popularity. That <laughs> They may be the Kevin Bacon of the Spotify world. Well, uh, I also pointed way. out, I think we do run the risk that maybe it's the parents that own the Spotify account, but it's children within the home that are listening to the music. So the person who's listening to our podcast might not be the same person <laughs> within the household. I'm going to take the optimistic view and say, no, it's <laughs> that you guys have a hip topic that the young crowd wants to know about. <laughs> Which I think is a, a great place to, to, to leave it. You, <laughs> so. you will try to be as hip in 2021 as we were in 2020. In your Meggings. In, 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 in our, our Meggings. <laughs> from our homes, um, probably still with my children screaming in the background. My children in love. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jessica, for, for joining us on the front of the mic, on on the mic in the front of the podcast, and thank you um, also for for producing all of these podcasts for us this year. And we look forward to, um, you know, I guess the goal for twenty one. Since we got twenty one podcasts in twenty twenty, maybe we can shoot for at least twenty two uh, next year. <laughs> Onward and upward. Realistic target. We didn't start ours till May this year, so I think that's realistic. We can do it. All right. Well, thank you all. Thanks, and um, here's to 2021. I'll raise a glass. To read additional insights from our team of experts, visit our blog at www.ihsmarket.com slash energy blog. You can also find our experts on social media by searching for IHS Market Energy on either Twitter or LinkedIn. Have a topic idea or want to send us feedback? Email our podcast team at energysense at ihsmarket.com. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy Solutions, visit ihsmarket.com energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.